episode three of The Thriving Creative. In this episode, I had the huge honor of interviewing Morgan Rapp with October Inc. She is a graphic designer, a mother, a coach. She's worked with clients like Wild Bird, and she has this program called Design Biz Mastery, which I had heard so much about. She helps designers start attracting bigger budget clients, position themselves as experts, and really communicate their value so that they can charge more and book 10K clients. I love this interview so much because we do talk a lot about mindset and balancing motherhood and value-based pricing and how she is creating a million-dollar business mindset along the way. Her business is thriving, and I know that this episode is going to be super valuable for you. Welcome to the Thriving Creative Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Caroline Vanatta, and I am here to share truths, actionable takeaways, and strategies to help you reach your potential without the constant hustle. I am going to be welcoming you into meaningful conversations with successful creatives about the mindset that it takes to run and grow a thriving creative business. Thanks so much for being here, Morgan. Do you want to share a little bit with us about how you got started and how you got here? Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. Um, So I always kind of feel like my business sort of accidentally happened. I don't know if it was, I mean, at one point it was intentional, but I don't think I really realized I was like starting a business and becoming a business owner. Um, But Yeah. So I would say like, I've always been creative. I think if you ask my parents that they would probably agree. So, um, like when I was a kid, I used to love to just like take, like they had the speaker that I would take apart and put it back together. Cause I was so curious about how to do that. And if I could put it all back together and how it worked. And so I've always just been like really curious about how things work. And then Um, I loved music. I loved art. In high school, I did like AP art. Um, I played the guitar. I actually write music (laughs) or I used to. Um, So yeah, so I I recorded a CD in my early 20s. Anyways, that was like a past life. But um, but yeah, and then in college, I thought about being an art major and I was like, oh my gosh, the school is just way too long. I don't want to be in school for forever. And so I ended up being an art minor and I minored in sociology and business and art and then majored in communications and PR. So I just had this like weird mix of stuff. Um, But funny enough, I feel like it all kind of (laughs) does apply to what I do now. Um, Not like I remember, actually really remember anything from college, but you know. Um, And I think that after college, I imagined myself like working at some kind of PR agency or something. Um, and I thought that all of a sudden my degree meant I would make lots of money (laughs) and I graduated and my income didn't increase at all. And that was like very frustrating, um, because I feel like there's this whole promise that you think that you'll have is like, you pay for this really expensive degree and it's just going to mean you're going to be successful. Mm -hmm. And that just wasn't the case for me and was kind of disappointing, um, And so meanwhile, I started to become more and more interested in like Photoshop and Illustrator. Really my last semester of college, one of my PR classes, 
we had to do a project and I started to learn some of the Adobe programs and just kind of became obsessed and like watch YouTube. I mean, this was like back in, I don't know, like 2007, 2008 kind of shows you how old I am. But um, I just started watching everything I could online and really like YouTube was my teacher pretty much. Mm -hmm. There weren't really a lot of like courses or kind of online platforms quite yet at that time. And so I really just learned by doing and doing mini projects. And also I had a blog, Blogspot. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's how I started getting into web design and coding. And, um, so I was creative. Like I liked photography. I like, um, style. Like I always was like trying to, you know, go to and find like, what's the most like stylish shirt I could find or, you know, things like that. Um, anyways. And so, but I think that combined with my genuine curiosity about how things work and how to do things is probably one of my strengths. Like I can teach myself a lot of stuff and like I'm motivated to teach myself a lot of stuff. And so I really taught myself like graphic design. Um, And then at the same time, I was just working at this job I didn't really love. I was kind of more of like an assistant type person um, or role, but they did have like a publishing department. And so I like wanted to sneak in there because I knew that they did use the Adobe programs and stuff. Um, so I just kind of kept teaching myself how to then use like InDesign. And, and then my friend was starting a wedding invitation business at the same time. And I was like, hey, can I help you with like marketing? And then I started helping with some designs and that's kind of how it started. So I started with my friend. Um, we didn't make any money. <laughs> But it was kind of like, you know, my first step into having more of like an online business. We had like a letterpress book. Um, But yeah, it's not really like a profitable business model by any means. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we didn't make any money, but it was fun. And um, eventually, though, we both started getting asked to do logos. You know, hey, do you do logos? Hey, do you do websites? And so we decided, oh, this is more profitable. <laughs> um, we make more money and it's about the same amount of work. So between a bride and a business owner and they value it a lot more. So ding, 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 like, these, I don't know, everything kind of started falling in place. And then um, we decided to rebrand under a studio name and we started doing branding and websites and doing client work. Um, and then eventually we both quit our jobs and kind of just went like all in on our businesses. And both of us got pregnant at the same time and it just like worked out really well. Um, did I have like a savings and like a real plan when I quit? Not really. (laughs) Now looking back, I'm like, maybe I could have been smarter, but I also had a lot on the line and I was committed at the same Mm -hmm. time. Right. Like, so there's kind of a trade off there where I was like, yeah, I'm going to make this work. Um, but also my needs were small. Like we like lived in a basement apartment and I've only been married a couple of years. So, but yeah, that's kind of how I got started. And then that was like seven years ago. Wow. Isn't it funny how many people start out doing wedding stationery? Like how many designers that's like such an easy gateway or something in the design. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. I think it's just kind of like low risk sort Mm -hmm. of too, like, and it's fun and pretty, but then you kind of realize that it's hard to make money, (laughs) like real money. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it's not like, like, like brides, 
have a lot of value in it necessarily mm-hmm. or not. M- most brides don't yeah. value that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When did you start coaching in your business? Yeah. So I would say, let's see. Yeah. 2019. Okay. Um, really the end of 2018 was when I was like, okay, I'm going to start making some shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I, I don't know. I just been feeling like I've been doing the same thing for so long mm-hmm. and I felt like I had cracked the code on how to become more profitable in my business. And the things I was doing were not really taught in the, in the female space, there are a lot of men who practice value-based pricing and like some of these different principles, but for whatever reason, um, other like women don't. And I was like, interesting. Cause it's something I started applying to my business a couple of years before. And I just really saw a change. Like I like doubled my income and also just felt way more confident in myself and communicating my value to clients. Cause I always say, it's not just about like, it wasn't just about the strategies of how value-based pricing works. It's really a mindset of the value that you bring to clients and businesses. It's not just the strategies. And so I really had to start diving more into that, but that's what really helped me and like things shifted. Um, and so I just felt like this basically needed to be shared. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when I did the pilot program of Design Biz Mastery. I launched at the end of 2018. And then um, we started in 2019. So that was like the first round. And it was just really exciting to share it with other designers and to have it also work for them and for some of them to get projects above $10,000 and, you know, like have them feel more prepared for maternity leave or just like they were saying, it's like changing their life. And it just felt so fulfilling to share and like bring that to more of the female entrepreneurship space. (laughs) Can you share a little bit about how you help your clients really communicate their value? Because I feel like this is so important for so many um, expert businesses or like service-based businesses to stop trading dollars for hours, but really communicate that value. Yeah, I... I am glad you asked that. I don't think it's something that is exclusive to like being a designer, a design industry. Really, it's understanding and having confidence in your value, no matter what you do as a creative. And I think that also there's a mindset that sort of comes when you're creative that like, like creativity doesn't get paid well. Mm -hmm. It's just a general, like if you're an artist, you're going to be poor. (laughs) Um, I think it's kind of ingrained in our society and that's just like not true. And so I'm, I'm excited about the narrative being changed that actually creativity is unique and therefore more valuable because it's hard to replicate. Right. Um, I think that's starting to shift and I think creativity is starting to be seen as more valuable. And obviously that's tied to innovation. So vital and important in our society, Um, but I think that a lot of us do have kind of some of those deeply ingrained beliefs about really understanding the value behind creativity. And it also feels hard to price, like kind of a mystery. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and so, so yeah, so I think that's why value-based pricing feels a little bit scary and kind of like, how do we even start approaching this? Cause it is more of an art than a science, 
Um, but once you do get a hang of it, it is so worth it to like invest the time to learn because it is more of a mindset shift. And so where I always start with my clients is honestly like your mindset and the belief in yourself has to be there because if you don't believe in your own value, someone else isn't, and you have to communicate that confidence. And that's actually part of what you're selling is that confidence. And so if you have a hard time talking about money on calls, so does the client, you know, um, if, if you have a hard time communicating your value then the client doesn't get it. So it really is more about how you position yourself and your belief in yourself as an expert. Um, and you have to start there before you can actually communicate that to the client. I'd love if you'd share a little bit about what it's like being a mom and what it's been like building your business because you have three little ones. Yeah, it's definitely been a wild ride because when I started my business was when I started my family. And so I've, you know, overlapped both when I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs either build their business before they start their family and things are pretty like system systemized. I can't talk <laughs> systemized. That's what I meant to say. Um, or kind of vice versa. And so for me, I was, I kind of went into it not really realizing I was like actively like overlapping, but I also was excited about being, having a flexible job, right. Because that was important to me. So I could spend more time with my kids. Um, and so, so yeah, so before I quit my job and I got pregnant, like I wanted to build up more of the freelance side so that I could be home and have that flexibility instead of working for someone else. Also, I was just sick of not getting paid well and having someone else determine my worth in a way. Cause I kept mm-hmm. trying to get raises and they kept telling me no. And I'm like, I am over this. Like <laughs> I want to charge what I want to charge. So bye. Um, Anyways, so, so yeah, so I had my son and that was kind of my first transition into figuring out how to like overlap things. I felt like with one, it was manageable. Once I had my daughter two years later, it felt hard. Like I worked a lot at night, (laughs) um, which is what I had to do. But now looking back, I wish I got more support earlier because I think that my business would have grown faster. Like I really resisted it and I looked at it as an expense instead of an investment. So I had some mindset stuff there where I thought I basically had to be superwoman and do it all Mm -hmm. and have essentially more than two full-time jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, And so looking back, if I would have gotten more help with um, childcare and domestic stuff, then I think my business would have grown quicker Mm -hmm. because it was like, I just didn't have enough time. And so I feel like my business has actually kind of grown on more slow, but I don't know if I really like regret it per se. I just think that I did feel overwhelmed often and I needed more help. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wish I was more self-aware around a lot of that because I think I did define some of my worth by my ability to like be superwoman and do everything and feel like I, you know, this is a challenge and I can do everything. Um, but I really couldn't. And I didn't really take care of myself through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom, she would help me one to two days a week. And then I basically worked at night and sometimes on the weekends. That was pretty much my schedule. 
Yeah, wow. Can you think of any reasons why being a mom is actually an advantage for you in your business? Yeah, definitely. I think that being a mom is challenging and it in the in the same way that a business highlights some things that maybe you didn't know about yourself. I think that being a mom is the same. It's like this container for self-development. Um, you start to realize what some of your beliefs are when you're teaching them to another human. And so I feel like it's similar in that you, I, at least for me, when I became a parent, I started to just learn a lot more about myself and what I'm capable of and my values and what's important to me. I just, I don't think I really understood that fully. And I think that those things like apply to business too. And when you get a lot of clarity about who you are, I think you're just at an advantage um, as a parent and as a business. And I just like really love self-development. So like I love listening to parenting podcasts and, and parenting books, you know, going back to like, I'm just a self-learner. I like, I always tell my husband, like I would be in school for forever if I could. I love it. And, uh, but yeah, I think that has always been an advantage because then like in the business world, I like love to continue to learn too. So I do think that they're, they marry each other a decent amount. So, um, yeah. And I'm just like caring, compassionate. Um, I guess sometimes I, you know, in the entrepreneurship world, you might, those qualities might not be seen as advantages, but I think that they are because you have this extra ability to create connection with your audience. Mm -hmm. And I think that women are craving that and they love that. And I feel like that's one thing that's been surprising to me in my programs is that the majority of the women in there, while yes, they do make more money, the result that they actually feel like they have is more confidence in themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's been interesting. And I'm like, wow, that's really what women are looking for. Mm-hmm. Not, And it's what they feel like the money will bring them is this inherent confidence for them to actually take care of themselves mm-hmm. and to create whatever future they want to create for themselves. That's the power. And that's what they're really looking for instead of having to depend on other people. And like, for me, I kind of had to rewrite my story too, where I knew I wanted a certain lifestyle, um, but like I had this deep belief that my husband would bring that mm. just because of the way that I grew up. And that just eventually I realized that wasn't up to him. It was up to me if that's what I wanted and that's what my desire was. And I had a, a shift that I, I would blame him for things, you know, like wanting to, you know, be in a bigger house or like have more money and more savings and these things that I valued. And I put those values on him when my husband's such like a chill laid back guy. He doesn't need a lot, which is awesome. And I'm not saying I'm like, I'm so focused on stuff. It's just that I value security and like other things a little bit more. Um, But yeah, I was pushing my values onto him And then projecting that stuff onto him. And really, I'm like, why do I think that I can't create this for myself? I had a lot of fears about my ability to create this life that I wanted for myself. Um, 
I realized over time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead, I was like, I was a victim. I played the victim role mm-hmm. for a long time. And then finally, I was like, I can do this. And really this last year of having my husband come home, that was scary too. I didn't know if I could provide for us like full, like our our full income and like have no other money coming in. So last year was just really kind of a test for me to truly believe in myself. And I was thinking about it the other day, actually, (laughs) when I was at Costco, I was like, man, I'm so proud of myself that I... I can provide for my family by myself. And like, that is like basically something I didn't know that I could do, but now I know I can. And that's like powerful, but I feel like I could take care of myself no matter what. And I don't have to be dependent on other people. Mm-hmm. And that's just something that I've learned to do um, by trusting myself more and more and more and not being a victim anymore. And basically deciding that that is up to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember like the moment when you decided to stop being a victim and you really decided that you could do this and that you wanted to do all this? Yeah. Actions? Yeah. I definitely had a turning point. Like a few years ago, we kind of had a low where because of the inconsistency of like my business and my husband was having some job transitions, different things, we couldn't make our mortgage payment. And I had to ask my mom for a loan to pay our mortgage that month. And it was like a a low for me and felt pretty humiliating. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so I realized that it was up to me if I didn't want to experience that again. Mm -hmm. And that I, I had the power to change things that I needed to change whatever I was doing. I don't know if I realized exactly what it was quite yet, but I was like, full steam ahead. Like I'm creating a business that actually can be sustainable. And like, I am basically over this, like, um, and then also combined with some other things like, yeah, we need to budget. We need to be more smart with our money. I think I was always like, Oh, I'm not a numbers person. That's totally playing the victim card. Like I can be a numbers person. I can know my stuff. I can know how to budget. Like I, I'm capable of whatever I put my mind to instead of I think a lot of times we say, oh, I'm just not a morning person. I'm just not a gym person. Like we totally just define ourselves that way. And I think I've had a shift the last couple of years where I'm like, I can do whatever I want if I actually put in the hard work, you know, and decide that I'm going to change that narrative for myself. Were there like things that you did? Like, did you hire a coach? Did you restructure your business? Like what actions, I guess, were you taking at that point? Yeah. So I think, so 2018, I did invest in like a group coaching program and there wasn't really like a solid curriculum to it, but it was, it was great in the way that I felt like I was part of a group of other business owners that we all could connect with and sympathize with. And I'm, I met a couple of people in that program who are my really good friends now, um, who we've been able to really lean on each other. So I definitely think making friends, um, in the online world is essential so that you don't feel alone because (laughs) I think feeling alone is literally one of the worst things that, that you could feel it to like ruin your business. Um, so if you feel like you're not alone, there's just more power in that, you know, and that there's people you can lean on because it is an up and down journey. It's not perfect. And so, um, 
for me, my mindset has helped a lot with intentionally creating online friends that I can talk with about when I'm experiencing some downs or not feeling sure of myself. Um, so I'd say that was like kind of my journey into coaching and starting to feel more confident um, and working more on mindset and realizing that I had some blocks and different things that were holding me back. Uh, also just the investments made me have more skin in the game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I am making this investment back. Like, <laughs> um, and so an accountability, you know, there's a lot of things that come along with investing in yourself. And now I'm like addicted to investing <laughs> in myself. <laughs> it's like, I almost have to like pull back a little bit because I just feel like there's like, I get results. And I know that about myself. Accountability is so good for me. The group like environment is so good for me. And then in 2019, I started, um, I invested in another mastermind and there's some women in there who make $50,000 a month, $100,000 a month. And that like blew my mind. And it was like my first introduction into actually believing that was possible for me. Cause like, you know, I'd heard of people doing that before, but I didn't believe as possible for myself. But then to be in a group with those same women made me believe and it was possible because I was like, they're so similar to me. Yeah. Like she is a mom of two. If she can do it, I can do it. And so I was able to actually believe it was possible. Like it raised my belief ceiling dramatically and really internalize it. Whereas before I was like, oh, I know people do that, you know, but it wasn't something that I actually thought could happen for me. Um, and then the end of 2019, I had my first hundred thousand sale month and that was like mind blowing to me. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And it really didn't take that long. Like I do think all the work I did for seven years led up to it. I don't, I don't want to say, Oh, it'll just happen overnight, you know, (laughs) but, um, but it was mind blowing to me because I know that I, if I had not joined the mastermind first Mm -hmm. and actually believed it, I, it would not have happened because I would have sabotaged it Mm because it's not something I even believed was possible. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. And it's so true that it, I mean, this is just proof that it's just like our minds are what's holding us back or cap capping our abilities. And so, you know, you're doing that for women, even just sharing that number, like what you've accomplished, sharing other women who are also designers or whatever, that that's totally possible for them. And it took you seven years to get here, but like, cause that happened in November and immediately though, I started to be like, am I worthy of this? You mm-hmm. know, because I'm like, my, my parents are, are well off. And I was like, I make more than my, my parents. This is weird, you know? Um, and obviously it's not consistent. I want to get it to being consistent, but that's not consistent. And, and it was sales, not net because some of it was payment plans, but I still was really proud of, of myself, but it was like, Ooh, I make more than my parents who I see as successful or this person who I see as successful, you know? So automatically my brain started doing all these weird things. And then, oh, can I deliver for all these people? Am I worthy of delivering to them? So it brought up also these, <laughs> these other fears that I have about making sure like I keep people happy and that they approve of me. And, you know, and so then I'm like, okay, so now I have to work on that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> really with each level, there really is truly a new devil. I think a lot of times think all our problems will be solved once I make X amount of money. 
just not true. Mm-hmm. Like it's just really the journey. And the now that I feel like my family is secure, that has been amazing. But now I'm like, okay, the money has to mean something else at this point. For me, it was like all about security that really drove me for a while. But now like we can maintain our lifestyle. We live in just like a small home and we can take care of it and I can, you know, provide for my kids and things like that. But now I'm like, okay, it's more reflective of like the impact I'm making. And that is exciting. And that is now what's driving me is seeing the results that other women have. So it definitely has like shifted Mm -hmm. a little bit, which is, is cool. I think. Yeah, that's so good. So it's like your needs are taken care of and now you get to like think outside of yourself and help other women and make that impact. Yeah. Cause I was, I was having a conversation with my husband cause Brooke Castillo, she has a goal to make a hundred million dollars a year. And he's like, why would anyone want to make that much money? So he obviously has some things too, mm-hmm. right. About, you know, at that point you're just maybe being greedy or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, how cool is that though, that she has that level of impact mm-hmm. that that's, that has to be more what it's about for her. Cause yeah what's an extra $50 million going to do for you when you already have $50 million or whatever, like anything you want to do, you can do with, you know, a million dollars really a year. Like, yeah, well, and that's, what's incredible. I'm like, I'm so glad that entrepreneurs haven't stopped like increasing the amount of money they make and the impact they're having Mm -hmm. so that they are showing the rest of us what is possible that you can work three days a week and make that kind of amount of money is like, Mm -hmm wow, that's incredible, you know? Um, And without those examples of entrepreneurs who are doing those things, like I, I wouldn't have believed it and not have created what I've been wanting to create. Um, Like I would have quit sooner, (laughs) you know? And, and now I am that you bring it up. I'm like, yeah, I do want to show it's possible that as a creative, you can make good money. Mm -hmm. And Cause I feel like in my family, I'm kind of, my family's awesome by the way, but I definitely have always been seen as like, and they'll, they'll attest to this as like the disorganized one mm-hmm. and kind of all of being all over the place and mm-hmm. things, which isn't really like a desirable sort of quality that you want people to mm-hmm. say about you. So I kind of like defined myself that way and that it was sort of a bad thing, but I've realized that I don't think I could have the good things about myself without that. Yeah. And so I can't really see that as being bad. It's just, it is what it is. And I can work on that, but like, it also helps me be who I am as far as my strengths and being creative and, you know, being a quick start and, you know, really implementing ideas mm-hmm. and being able to manage some of my fear. And I say manage cause it never goes away. Really. You're mm-hmm. just managing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like that, those qualities I thought were bad about myself. Now I kind of look at them very differently. Cause I'm like, I don't think I could have the good things about myself without it. So it's like really about integrating whole parts of yourself and understanding that a little bit more, but also that <laughs> it's kind of like, now I'm like, well, you know, obviously it was in my favor because I've been able to create these cool things for myself. that I wasn't expecting with qualities that I thought weren't great qualities <laughs> about myself And I kind of felt proud of that. Like, yeah, you know, that I, I, yeah. And now I, and I also just don't really care so much about what anyone else thinks anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I used to like, and even now, like sometimes, yeah, that narrative still comes up somehow from someone like, 
yesterday, my, my sister came to pick up my daughter and I totally forgot that she, she was going to, cause I just have so much going on all the time, especially with my business and then my three kids and stuff. And I was like, Oh, I'm sure she's thinking again, Morgan, like forgetting, you know? And I was just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like in the past, I, it used to bother me. I'm like, this means this about me. And this means this about me. And I was like, you know, she can think that, but doesn't mean anything about me. And she might've also not been thinking that obviously it's my own stuff, but even if she was, I was like, so what? Mm-hmm. Okay. And like went on with my day, you know? Yep. Yeah. That's amazing how now you just get to recognize those thoughts. They don't have to like ruin your day or narrate the story of how you feel or anything. Yeah. And I'm like, she's not wrong. I am less organized than her. Like she's on top of things. She's more of a type A personality. She's really good with that. And like, that's just not my strength. Like I'm managing a lot of stuff. You're doing other um, things. Yeah. Yeah. And like, she doesn't know my life. I don't know hers, you know, like what she deals with. And so I'm just like, it's just what you make things mean about you really. And that story you keep telling yourself that I'm not good at this or this is bad. And I'm like, what if I actually Ooh, good question. What am I into? I think that definitely continuing to develop myself as like a whole person is something I'm curious about because I definitely have felt like a misfit sort of the majority of my life where I'm not quite in the cool crowd, but I'm not quite in like the nerd crowd. I definitely have been like very much, I floated between all groups in high school. I didn't ever really feel like I fit in. And even in the online world, for a long time, I didn't really talk about being a mom because I felt like maybe I would be less accepted or like I didn't fit in or people would see me as, again, not being on top of things or disorganized, right? Like I had that fear of that narrative being told back to me. And I feel like a lot of women relate to this where they, I've heard several times from women that they're scared of telling their clients that they're moms or that they're going on maternity leave. Or, you know, because they worry that they therefore won't get work or their clients will perceive them in a different way. And I'm like, you know, but that's just who you are. You don't want to hide who you are. And, or, or also like with making more money, I've been scared a little bit about talking about money more openly, but I know that it helped me when other people talked about money more openly, but like, I don't even know. Well, I did share actually, I think last month that I made a hundred thousand dollars a month. Um, and man, that was hard. I just was like, I don't want people to judge me, Hmm. you know, or to like think, Oh, she's just talking about money. And, and I guess I was worrying about what they would think that that's annoying that I would share that or, or whatever, you know, and then eventually I decided, you know, if they have an issue with that, that's their problem. And I'm definitely not saying all my problems are solved by any means, but I just want to share that um, because that was a huge milestone that I was proud about, but I almost kept it to myself Mm. because I didn't want to come across as, as being someone different or bragging or anything like that. But I realized that I need to talk about stuff because I want to show other people what is possible because that's the only way that it was possible for me was by other people sharing too. So yeah, so I'm just kind of more fascinated with this idea of integrating whole parts of ourselves instead of feeling like they have to be so separate. Yeah. I just th- I just think that you just fight 
against yourself constantly instead of just being okay with who you are and fully showing that to the world. And so that's something that's heavily on my mind this year is talking more about motherhood and entrepreneurship and how they're both parts of me and I can integrate them together and I'm like on this journey. Um, but also just who I am as a wife and a partner to my husband and how we're kind of rewriting these stories for ourselves a little bit with our roles switching around a little bit. And like, there's other stories I've told myself, like, I'm just not good at running or I'm just not a morning person, you know, things like that. I'm just kind of more interested in sort of flipping those things on their head. And listen, you had a recent post about motherhood, the yellow one. <laughs> and I feel like I saw that on every, everyone was reposting that so many good comments. I think a lot of moms and just women who are like ready to step into new possibilities, their power, what they're capable of are super inspired by you. And um, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing about your journey and yeah, really like laying out, like I can still struggle with these beliefs. I'm still overcoming these beliefs, but I also can have amazing hundred K months, you know, and let my husband stay home with our kids and all these amazing things. So thanks so much for sharing with us today. And how can everyone learn more about you? Yeah. So I do hang out on Instagram at Morgan Raps if you want to find me. And I just love to talk about all kinds of different topics, but mostly entrepreneurship, you know, motherhood, mindsets, growing a business. And then also my website, morganraff.com is where you can go to find out more about my programs. I do have a couple courses right now. So one's called Design Business Mastery, and that's for designers to help them scale their businesses. And then I have another course called Amplify Shopify, which teaches you how to use Shopify. And yeah, that's where you can come hang out and find me. Send me a DM if you listen to this podcast episode and let me know what you, what you thought. Awesome. Thanks so much, Morgan. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining me on the Thriving Creative Podcast. Real quick, I wanted to let you know I'm doing a giveaway. It's super easy to enter. All you have to do is write a quick review on iTunes. We'll take you two minutes and you'll automatically be entered to win one of three Glossier gift cards from now until February 14th. So go do that real quick right now. And if you want to learn more about how to double your rates without feeling like an imposter, I have a free training for you at thrivingcreative.co slash free. You're going to get instant access to this and it's totally free. I cannot wait for you to DM me with all the amazing breakthroughs you will have. So I will see you next Tuesday for another episode of The Thriving Creative.